you, Jesus. This morning, it's a celebration. We're celebrating the victory that Jesus won for us. He's never been defeated. He will never be defeated. He reigns forever and ever. He is worthy to be praised. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, and you go get food, and then you come pick them up. It's a wonderful time. Our youth also meet on Wednesday night. We love what's taking place. Of course, with our adults, we have home groups. If you want to be a part of a home group, you can use our connect cards in front of you. If you're new to the church, want any more information, we'd love for you to pull out a connect card and let us know that you're here, maybe looking for a home church. We sure would love to have you be a part online. this church, you know, Jesus is the focus of the church, no doubt about it, and we're committed believers in Christ, and just this, this church, no problem with other churches passing off and Baptists around, but here, we just trust you that God has touched your life and has spoken to you, and that you're going to give, my wife and I, we give, you can use the boxes out back, you can, uh, as you leave out back, there's an envelope in your seat, and online, you can also give. What a wonderful day this is. I love celebrating Jesus. I love celebrating what he has done for us. We have been in a series kind of leading up to this moment. We've been studying the life of Christ. Obviously, this morning, we're going to study just for a few moments his resurrection, his resurrection power in our lives. And what a, what a beautiful time it is to do that. So today, we're going to take our story from Mark's Gospel. Mark chapter 16, I'm going to read verses 1 through 4 to start our time off this morning. Verse 1 says, Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. Are you glad this morning that the stone has been rolled away? Are you glad that Jesus Christ is alive forevermore? That is what we're doing today. That's why we dressed our very best on this day, because we're celebrating that the stone was rolled away. And it was a large stone, which meant 
going to be able to do it on their own. These women couldn't do it on their own. But when I look at this story, what we've been trying to do as we've studied the life of Christ is kind of look at the stories and start asking questions. And when I look at this resurrection story, I think sometimes we could just read and go right beyond the, the reality that these women, what were these women doing? I know as I studied this again, these women grabbed my attention, and I hope they're grabbing your attention. And really think about this. Really play it in your mind. Start asking some questions. What were these women doing? Well, I can tell you what they were doing from the Word of God. They were with Jesus. They were giving Him great comfort. They did not leave His side. They were watching over Him. They were caring for our Christ and our Lord. You know what that tells me? That tells me a lot of things about these women. But number one, these women did not fear the Romans. They didn't fear the Roman soldiers. These women did not fear the religious leaders. We know that many times the people were quiet because they were watching out for what the religious leaders were approving of. And these religious leaders were not approving of Jesus. We know that the disciples ran in fear, but not these women. These women stayed right there with Christ. They stayed, stayed right there with Jesus. We know that they didn't fear the crowds either. Remember at the beginning of the week, the crowds were shouting, Jesus is our Messiah. He's our Lord. And now on Friday, they were shouting, crucify him. Crucify him. And these women did not fear the crowds. They stayed with Jesus. They took their life into their own hands. I mean, maybe the crowds could have turned on them. Oh, look. Look at those women there crying for Jesus. Let's get them. Let's get them out of the way. Let's get them out of the scene. But these women would not be removed. And I can tell you why these women would not be removed. And according to Luke chapter 8, verses 2 through 3, if you read those verses, these women's lives were changed. They were transformed by, the, by Christ. These women were at the bottom of the bottom of the barrel. Their lives were tossed away by society. They, had, they, they, were, they were dealing with the, the time of, of the sewers of, of life. They were in the mud. They were in the mire of this world. Nobody cared about them. They had made a mess of their lives. They were used and they were abused. But then Jesus came into their life, and he gave them love, and he gave them hope, and he gave them truth, and he opened up his arms, and he received these women into their life. And so this is what I know. I know a changed life is a committed life. And these, these women were changed by the love of God. These women were changed by the words of Christ. You heard Jeremy this morning. Three years ago, he was lost and he was confused. But then Jesus took him back. Jesus opened up his arms and received him. And now he's committed. Amen. Praise the Lord this morning. I know for me and I know for many of you, you're here today because you're a changed life. I'm here today because I'm a changed person. I'm a life that's been changed and transformed. I am not the same person. I'm committed to Christ this morning. I'm committed to following Him wherever He goes. 
I'm not worried about the crowds. I'm not worried about the Romans. I'm not worried about what religious leaders might think of me. And I have to tell you, I love you, but I'm not worried about what you think of me. What I am most concerned with today is pleasing my Lord and my Savior and giving Him all the praise. So if I follow Him and watch Him be crucified, I'm going to follow Him. And if I have to hear the mockery of people, I'm going to keep praising Him. If I have to hear people take His name down, I'm going to keep lifting His name up because I'm a changed person. My life has been changed. I'm not the same person with before I met Christ. A changed life is a committed life. So what were these women doing? They were following Jesus wherever He went. They followed Him through the crucifixion process. You know, they went to went home on that Saturday. And now they're up early on Sunday morning to bring burial spices to Christ. But how did they know how to get to the tomb? How did they know how to get there? We know that Joseph went to Pilate to ask for his body. But Joseph would have never included women in that process. He wasn't going to tell these women where Jesus was, where his body was laid. How did they know? Well, if you go one verse back from uh, Mark chapter 16 and you go into Mark 15, verse 47, we see that these women, they saw where Jesus' body was taken. So they watched the whole crucifixion scene, crucified. They watched all of that, and they still did not give up on Christ. They still didn't throw the towel in. Please, just think about that. You and I, yes, we thank the Lord that we have this revelation that the cross is victory, but we've got to put ourselves in their shoes and remind ourselves that these women were not wearing a cross around their neck. They weren't wearing a t-shirt of Jesus. I had the, I had the God's gym t-shirt. You had the God's gym t-shirt. I had the God's gym t-shirt. Jesus put pushing up the cross. They didn't have Christian t-shirts. They... They, all they had was their heart that had been changed and transformed by Christ. And that was the most important thing that they had. And so they kept following Jesus all the way to the place for the tomb. They were like first century bodyguards. They weren't going to let Jesus out of their sight. Jesus had never left them. And so they were never going to leave Jesus. So they followed them all the way to the tomb. And they watched where Jesus was laid, his body was laid, and they watched the stone rolled across the tomb. That's why they know, that's why they where to go. And I want to encourage you today, many times life, life's going to be difficult. Life is not going to be easy. But we can never forget what Jesus has done for us. We can never forget how he has changed us, how he helped us, where he has these women did not forget. And that's why they were following Jesus all the way to the tomb. So if you think about this, and, and again, think about these women as they were watching Christ being crucified on the cross. It was, it was horrific. It was horrible. Isaiah 53 describes Christ as an individual who would not even be recognized. That's how how badly he was beaten. That's how much torture and suffering and pain he had taken upon his body. You would not even recognize him. 
And yet these women who watched the crucifixion of Jesus never stopped loving him. Never stopped serving him. Never stopped giving to him. Think about that. Think about that in your heart. You're watching Jesus die. This man who had healed the sick. This man who had walked on water. He is screaming in utter agony. And yet these women are actually drawn to Christ. They're not propelled. They're not pushed back. They're drawn in. I can tell you today that commitment is revealed through trials and difficulties. Commitment is revealed. When you go through difficult times, when life is not going your way. I remember coming here to Chicago and it wasn't something I had planned out. It was a difficult time in my life. But I can tell you this, I never stopped following Jesus. I never stopped giving Him thanks. I never stopped giving Him praise. I never stopped reading my Bible. I never stopped praying all through my difficulties. And I've had many in my life. And there was a time in my life where I, I let the, the hardships of life shut me down. But I learned my lesson as a 19-year-old kid. And I said, I'll never do that again. I want to be like the women who saw what Jesus had gone through, and yet they were committed. So let's go back to that scene again, just for a brief moment. Let's go back to Friday. Jesus on the cross is the ultimate picture of humiliation. It was the Romans' way of saying, we have conquered this enemy, and we're now going to humiliate them in front of the world. It was the ultimate picture of surrender. That's why they were mocking him by putting a sign that said, The King of the Jews. Don't you know kings sit on mighty thrones? Don't you know that kings wear great robes? Don't you know that kings are worshipped? Don't you know in those days kings were, were praised? But not King Jesus. He was on a cross. Nailed hands and feet, which meant he was going nowhere. It was ultimate submission. It was checkmate. They had conquered him. They had destroyed him. So they thought. And then the, uh, the religious leaders who said, oh, I know, you, you healed, you opened blind eyes, but, but now you're on the cross. So we're going to ridicule you. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. I heard about how you walked on water, but what's that doing for you now? Oh, I heard about Lazarus and how you called him out of his grave, but now you have been conquered. Now we have the right to ridicule you. We have the right to mock you. We have the right to laugh at you. But what the, what the religious leaders did not understand and what the Romans did not know and what the crowds could not see that day was that Jesus Christ was not on the cross trying to prove his power. He was not trying to confirm his title. He was not trying to defend his life. He was not trying to prove his case. None of that was happening. 
Jesus was the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Bible declares that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know that Christ, as we see a picture of it in Revelation, is worshipped by thousands of angels, and he is praying, and those are in heaven, when they see him, they fall down, and they worship him. Jesus has been praised from the beginning, and he will be praised forevermore. Jesus was not on the cross trying to win folks. He was not on the cross trying to gain support. He was not on the cross trying to prove a point. He was not on the cross trying to get your acceptance or my acceptance. Jesus Christ was on the cross because you and I sinned against God. The religious leaders Not because Jesus didn't know what to say, because he was incredible. He was the truth. He knew, he always knew what to say. His words are all powerful. His words set us free. Jesus was not on the cross because he lost his case in court. Jesus was on the cross because we had sinned. was called the wages of sin. Paul says, for the wages of sin is death. And every one of us had a death sentence over our life. Every person who was ever born has been born into sin, and a death sentence has been put over their life. And so Jesus, that day, that night, that afternoon, he was on the cross because of our sin. Because of my mistakes, because of my immaturity, because of my lack of self-control, because of my horrible life, he was on that cross and he remained silent. Because in that moment, actions were speaking louder than words. Because what the soldiers could not see and what the religious leaders could not understand, these three women on the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Father, take my blood, not theirs. Father, I've been bruised in the face, so don't bruise them. Father, I have been nailed with my hands and feet. I've been pierced in the side. Do not pierce them. Father, do not allow them to experience the agony and despicable and ugliness of death. Let me do that, Father, forgive them. And those women heard those words. And they accepted those words, and it drew them into the presence of God. That's why that day they were following Jesus wherever he went, and they would not let Jesus out of their sight because they were probably one of the first ones to receive that forgiveness. They were obviously a life that was changed, and now they were committed. And no matter what they had to go through, they remained committed. Because believers, and, and, and just to show you again, let me just remind you this point, Jesus, he suffered on the cross for us. Never forget that. Never forget that. 
And you wake up on Sunday morning, you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to go to church today. I'll just turn on the computer or something when you know you can come. Because coming together gives us strength. Oh, I don't know if I want to share my faith with my coworker. What if they laugh at me? Oh, I don't know if I could do that for Jesus. I'm never going to serve toddlers. I'm never going to serve a kids' ministry. No way, today. Not going to do it. Remember that Jesus suffered and asked for us. So whatever He would ask of us, He is worthy of it. He is worthy of it. He is deserving of it. He alone should. We should be the first to say, Lord, what else do you want? How high and how long do you want me to jump, Lord? Where do you want me to go? I'll go. Where do you, what do you want me to say? I'll say. What do you want me to go? I'll go through. Because Jesus suffered for us on the cross. And now believers in Christ, believers in Christ, live in the love and power of God all the time. All the time. We are living in His love. And we're living in His power. And we're living in His victory. All the time we're living in the word of truth. This world is searching for truth, and it's here in the Word of God. You don't need to search for it anymore. It's right here. It's been proven, and that is what we're celebrating today. We're celebrating that three women had received truth into their life, and those women shouted the truth. And now you and I, we can have it. We can read it. We can learn it. We can pray it. We can study it. We can behold it. We can worship it. Lord, give me more of your word in my life because I live in the love and the power of God all the time. And so here, here were the women. They watched, well, I think I have my pretend team over here. They watched the tomb. They watched the tomb. And they went home. And on Saturday, on Saturday, many times we forget about Saturday. We think about Friday. We celebrate Sunday, but Saturday, Saturday, probably the most difficult day for them, because all they could do was sit in their homes and do nothing but think and reflect and remember. It was the Sabbath. They weren't allowed to move, especially women. They had to stay in the home. We don't believe that today at all. But that's what they believed in those days. The women stayed at home. And on that Saturday, those three women spent all day long replaying that scene on the cross, replaying the sound of the nails being driven into his hands. And make no mistake about it, if you try to remove the crucifixion of Jesus from history, then you have to throw out every other history book. There is no greater factual evidence of history than the crucifixion of Christ. The manuscripts are there. The eyewitnesses were there. The history was there. And the Spirit of God is there. So that day, those women, all they could do was just replay it in their mind. Like we've done today remembering what he had done. But as they replayed all of those moments, as they thought about all of that pain, all of the blood dripping from the cross, all of the agony that they saw, 
as they replayed it all, as they replayed and could hear the mockery of religious leaders and the mockery of Roman soldiers, as they played it all, what was their conclusion? We're going to honor him. Ladies, I, maybe, maybe they slept that night. I'm not sure. But all I know is the Bible tells us that Saturday night, so when the sun went down on Saturday, they could go. And they could move. And what did they do? They moved. Let's go buy some burial spices. We know they have crucified our Lord, but we're going to keep worshiping him. We're going to keep loving him. We're going to keep honoring him. What can we do? Well, we can get burial spices. Let's do that. Because no matter what they were going through, no matter what was happening in their life, they were going to worship Jesus Christ, their Lord and their Savior. And so they ran and they bought the burial spices. And what? Who knows? But then early that morning, early that morning, they got up and these women rushed to the tomb. And now you can kind of see their the human nature coming into play here because as they're going to the tomb, they're not thinking, because they weren't thinking before they left because there was probably some men there, but they weren't thinking that. They were thinking, we've got to go worship Jesus. We've got to go worship our Christ. And as they're going there, now, now it hits them. Oh, man. Don't you, ladies, remember there was a stone that was very large. There's no way for us to remove it. And their heads are down, tired. But no doubt about it, still filled with hope. And they look up, and the stone is rolled away. Let me encourage you today to do what you can do for God and watch what God, only God, can do for you. You know what? I can never change a heart. I don't. There's, there's never a moment in my mind that I ever think, oh, I, I can change somebody. I never think that for a moment. But I can prepare a message. I know the band, yesterday we prayed, and we prayed for people, and as we prayed for the band, none of us ever thought to ourselves, boy, if I just hit the right, the right note, it's going to change. No, only God can do that, but they can play a guitar, they can sing. Little kids, little children, how many are being abused today? How many are being neglected today? How many children today don't even have a meal in their stomach. You know what? I can't change the world, and maybe you can't change it, but you know what we can do? We can, we can serve people. We can love people. We can start a chain reaction by giving and doing something in the name of our Lord and Savior. We can share a Bible story with a child and let that child receive Christ, and when they get older, maybe they'll come up with a plan to cancel out human hunger on this planet. Maybe if we just love our children and care for them, because I always believe it's better to build boys than to mend men. And if we start building up our children, we start loving them. I can love kids. I can hug kids. I can give them hope. Then God can take that life from you. And so can you do You do what you can do. And then God will do what only He can do. Let's finish the story in Matthew chapter 16. Verse 5. Let me read verses. Let me start with verse 5 through 7. When they entered the tomb, 
they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked. But the angel said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look. Sorry. Look. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter. Wow, what what an awesome statement, including Peter. What did Peter do? Peter denied Jesus three times. God's love took him back. God's love took him back. And that's why the angel said, don't make sure you tell Peter, because Peter's really beating himself up. You might be beating yourself up today, but I want you to know that Jesus loves you. He died for you. He wants to know, he knows your name. He knows what you've done. And he's already forgiven you. You just need to accept it. You need to receive it. Including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before. These three women, they were the first eyewitnesses. God's resurrection power. It was their obedience that allowed them and opened the door for them and rolled the stone away for them so that they could look inside. Was the stone rolled away for Jesus? No. The stone was rolled away for those women. That stone was rolled away for me. That stone was rolled away for you so that you could see and know that what his word says is true. And that angel... That angel said this. Listen to what the angel said. The angel said, he told you this. He told you this. Jesus proclaimed this already. He already said that he would die. He already said that he would be beaten. He already said that he would rise again. Just as he said. I hope you can hear the voice of the angels today. I hope you can hear the voice of those three women today shouting and declaring, this is the truth. This is the hope that we have. You and I, as believers, don't fear death. I don't fear death. And I can tell you, Christians, we get sick. Christians get tired. Not every business idea of a believer comes to pass. But I can tell you this, that according to God's word, we can declare, though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. And it's because of the empty tomb, and it's because of the cross that we can declare and know that Jesus will not be denied. The love of God won't be denied, and I pray you'll open up your heart and you'll receive Christ into your heart and you'll receive Him as your Lord and your King because He is One day, the Son of Man, the Son of God will be born. But instead of being praised, He was prophesied as a savior. He was promised as a king. One day he would fulfill the law and remove death's sting. One day he would perform wonders in love, establish his throne. To the wretched and the downcast, he would not cast down the first stone. One day 
in the garden, sitting distraught and alone, one day betrayed by one of his own. He would be sentenced, charged, tried. He would be beaten, flogged, tied, nailed to a tree with his arms stretched wide, and with one man's painful breath, crucified. One day he would live, one day he would die, one life he would give, so one day we could rise on day one. The women came to lay a rose at his feet, but the tomb was laid bare, the king rose from defeat. Spent a thousand days looking elsewhere on my own. But after one day in your court, I found my home at your throne. The world feels alone, confused, and depressed. But our God is greater, we find our joy in His rest.
your name that saved me, your name that saved so many others. And now we pray by your name, you will save us all. That everyone here now knows the truth. Everyone here now knows what you've done. Everybody online and everybody in this room now has a decision to make. Do I accept you as my king? Do I accept you as my Lord? I pray, God, by your spirit that you will move, move upon our hearts, move upon our lives. Let our eyes be open like these women who risk their very lives. Did they risk their lives from a, for a crazy man? Did they risk their lives for some made-up story? Are we still serving Jesus Christ 2,000 years later because of some fairy tale? Absolutely not, because the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that is here, the same spirit that has changed me, and the same spirit that will change you, because Jesus said, I am going, but I am sending my Holy Spirit. So I pray now by the power of your Holy Spirit that you will change all of our lives, and I am. say this prayer. It's a sinner's prayer. Let's all say it together. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I accept your forgiveness. Change my life. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. said that prayer with sincerity, you said it with the heart of faith, your life has changed. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. Coming into a church doesn't save you. Getting dressed up for Easter doesn't save you. Confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord will save you. And not just save you from an eternity without Him, but save you from the pain of this world without Him. You can have hope today, because I told you, Christians, I go through hard times. You're going to go through a hard time. America, we're not out of the woods yet. Who knows what's around the corner, but we know Jesus is with us. So I pray today, you go, you go believing. And if you want prayer, I'll be up front. If you want prayer, I'll pray with you. The band, I'm sure, will sing again. But as you leave today, I know many of you maybe are going to head to your families. So I am going to dismiss you here in a moment. But we've got coffee again. We've got snacks again. We've got the snacks outside. We are still trying to stay socially distant. Yes, we are. So we have the snacks outside, but... Let's just celebrate our Lord together. Celebrate your family together. Thank you for being here. Go with the Spirit of God. Go rejoicing. God bless you. Have a wonderful resurrection day. God bless you.